Welcome back, Panther fans. I'm David Brown, along with Ryan Graham. Hey, y'all. Tim Thurber. Hello. And our special guest, Georgia State Digital Media Coordinator, Will Owens. And this that, is... That's a, uh, that's a fancy made-up title, by the way. State of Atlanta. <laughs> nice. You ruined our little thingy there, Will. <laughs> hey, you're the one that said some gibberish mishmash. Right before well, I could have said the full thing that's on the website that I went there and it's digital media coordinator parentheses cross country women's basketball softball track and field close paren but I felt like that maybe it's, was a little it's a mess that's a mouthful right there yeah so your your title is as made up as mine then Will yeah pretty much um, when Mike brought me on I was like can I choose my title and he was like yeah as long as it's nothing outrageous and so I just I looked at what other people were having and went with digital media coordinator it sounded cool. Excellent. Yeah, my title of my company is Solutions Architect, which is purely an org chart title so that when they go into sales calls and meetings, they have these names and it sounds all fancy and stuff. I guess like um, database guy didn't sound good enough for them. Yeah. Well, the key when they let you pick your own title is to pick what uh, like to kind of know what your next step is and, and to know like what what title will sound good to your next employer. Oh yes, solutions architect sounds awesome. I have no yeah, yeah, that's a pretty high up on the org chart too. But I wasn't really referring to you at all. I was talking about Will. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Will, what is it that you do with Georgia State then? If you're not um, coordinating digital media, so um, I, I work in the sports information department. So technically, I'm an SID, sports information director. Uh, I work with those teams that you mentioned: women's basketball. Um, cross country, track and field, softball. And then we're, as a department, we're kind of all helping Allison with football. Um, and then I'm also over the social media. So I manage the GSU Panthers, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram accounts. Um, and then I kind of help come up with the, set the strategy for the other team accounts, but each ind- individual SIP over that sport runs their personal team's accounts. Um, That's so, cool. That's pretty awesome. How did you uh, get started? I mean, uh, I don't know your I don't know your background, so uh, yeah. I mean, give, give, so, give us all the, the dirty details. Find out who you are, so that before we start ripping on you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, give you guys Just some coming. Three days later, um, I started off. I went to college for sports broadcasting. Uh, I wanted to do TV and radio. Uh, quickly realized that it wasn't really what I thought it was. It wasn't really what I wanted to do, and I enjoyed being behind the scenes more so than in front of the camera or in front of the microphone. Um, and so I, I, you I didn't pay for it. That's for sure. I didn't know that sports information existed as an industry. I had no idea even what it was, um, but I knew I wanted to work in sports. So one of my fraternity brothers actually was an SID while he was in college at Western Kentucky. Um, and I just asked him if I could shadow him for a football game and um, that was my junior college. So I started kind of just as a game day assistant, worked my way into an office role as a student assistant my senior year. Uh, and it was actually, it was uh, Albert Wilson's senior year, WKU. It was their last season in the Sun Belt, Georgia State's first season. in the right. Sun Belt. And the day before the team was supposed to leave to come down to Atlanta, um, the secondary football contact got sick. And so the head SID for football Western called me at like 10 o'clock on Thursday night. I was like, Hey, can you, you have class tomorrow? And I was like, no, I don't have class Fridays. And he's like, all right, the bus leaves at 6 AM. 
He's like, if you can, if you want to, like, I need some help this weekend at Georgia State. I'm all for it. Hopped on the bus at 6 a.m. And um, that's actually when I met Allison George, Mike okay. Holmes, and at the time, Jerry Tricky, who used to be over the department. Yep. And yep. so that came in handy um, just a few months later when I graduated and needed a job. I saw Georgia State had a graduate assistant opening and kind of used my my contacts. Um, I, obviously, I didn't mess up that game too badly or else. <laughs> you, you've been here for a minute then. You've been here since, uh, well, guess what, like six years, seven years? Six years. Yeah, I graduated in 2014, and I got here the end of July of 2014. Um, I, did two years I feel like we didn't meet until the coaches show, I feel like. Yeah, I, I did two years as a GA, so I wasn't – I mean, I was still working full-time, but I wasn't around as much. Uh, and they brought me on full-time when Charlie Taylor retired. Um, about four years ago now and so much more active role since then um, and that's why I enjoy those coaches shows events is because I get you know usually I just know you guys by what you're tweeting or what you're posting on Facebook or whatever because that's what I see uh, right. so actually getting out and getting to meet you in person is uh, that's what I enjoy about you know the job is is meeting the fans getting to know the community well, it was mostly just David and me, so. <laughs> well, no, we had we had a decent small crew. I mean, yeah, was, Mac Mac was a uh, always there. It's a pretty intimate crew those coaches shows, but that's something that I definitely really enjoyed. One of those cool things about having the Summerhill Bars. We talked about those things every week here on the podcast. Uh, Ryan, I really did enjoy him quite a bit, and getting to know you and the the access that you get to people like oh. Coach Elliot is unprecedented. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Years after the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those were the best parts, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you're focused on free beer, I think. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't always free, but there are some generous people that are in, involved in the in the Georgia State football program. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, the uh, the reason why we have Will here tonight is because there's been some uh, nefarious goings on behind the scenes at Georgia State that. Uh, <laughs> They've been planning press releases for Wednesdays. (laughs) We've been doing this podcast for almost a year now, and it seems like we record these things, I think, for the most part, every single Tuesday. And I guess there was a couple exceptions in there. And we get these things come out on Wednesday. We're excited about it. And then around like noon, 1 o'clock on Wednesday, Georgia State releases some bombshell uh, future home scheduling or some other, uh, you know, hire or players, this or that. And we started to think that it was a conspiracy that Georgia State was waiting. And I think that, Will, you have some inside information you're going to share with us that it actually is true. Georgia State is doing this up to us on purpose. I will, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here as, as an olive branch, if you will, a sign of peace. Um, I talked with Mike earlier. We we tried to come up with something that we could drop tomorrow. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I will say, I will say, I, I actually saw, I think it was State of Atlanta tweeted, right, last Tuesday. Like, since we recorded, I'm sure George State's going to drop something tomorrow. And I I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of funny. And then I checked the schedule for Wednesday, and we had something coming out. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mike started responding too. Oh, he was getting into it. Mike Holmes was yeah. getting into it. Yeah, I think that Mike Holmes is enemy number one for us when it comes <laughs> to stuff. Uh, he, he was taunting pretty big with the, his meme game and gift game this last week. But yeah, what, what had happened was, you know, we had, it was kind of a light week last week when I started putting together notes. And so I tweeted out finding out what anybody wanted us to talk about. 
And Ben Moore responded. It's like the inevitable news press release that's going to come out on Wednesday. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So then, sure enough, comes uh, come Wednesday. I think Will, as you said, you guys aren't going to like us. <laughs> I was like, man. I was like, if we actually do it without giving them a heads up, this is. Bad. So I was like, let me just reply and say, like, you know, at least at least give you guys a warning that hey, something's about to come out. <laughs> huge news, anyway. No, no, it wasn't. Nah. So it's, during during an off season when there's absolutely no sports happening whatsoever at all, finding out a, a home and home schedule that takes place in four years is literally groundbreaking news for us. So, but, but I mean, it's more importantly, it's with UConn. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, right. We'll we'll get into that in a minute, but that's a great schedule, I think. So, Will, I got a proposal for you. Here's the Let's deal. Hear you let us know what's going to happen on Wednesday because it's always Wednesday. You let us know what happened on Wednesday. We'll record this on Tuesday. We won't go live on Facebook. We won't, we won't release it until you guys do the, the, the press release. And then we'll put our, make our podcasts active for that week. And that way you've got immediate conversation happening about that. So you, can you promise We, 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 we can might be able to work something out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, wow. slide my, I'll slide my Venmo in and uh, <laughs> bust oh. my account a little bit. We can make it happen. Well, we'll create that a Patreon level for ours that donors can get us the insider information. <laughs> there we go. I, I will say we do not have anything coming out tomorrow. Yeah, he says that now. Yeah, tomorrow, <laughs> like some huge announcement's going to drop. They're going to so, announce that, that the schedule for the entire season has been scrapped and we're playing UK <laughs> here at Georgia State Stadium to open up the season. <laughs> and then oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be UGA awesome. 11 more times and yeah. we'll trade off between Athens and Atlanta every other week. I will, I will say some of them we did plan for Wednesday because it's middle of the week. It, it, can, it can bridge you into the weekend, like engagement-wise. However, the old Miss announcement, they actually set that release date. Uh, because mm-hmm. that, if I'm not mistaken, was one that actually came out right before. Like that came out on a Monday, I believe. So oh, we, was that one on Monday? I thought that one was a Wednesday too. I can't. I, I want to say that was a that was one we actually finally got oh, okay. to talk about right when it happened. We're playing yeah. Ole Miss. Did you, did you forget that, Ryan? <laughs> of course I did, man. When when are we playing them in like 2028 or something? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's no time soon. 2026. Six, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm sorry, guys, but I, I do immediately put that information out of my brain. But that's the one where we play both football and basketball. Yeah, basketball on Friday, oh, football yeah. on Saturday. It, as soon as basketball, I think what happened was as soon as basketball <laughs> mentioned, Ryan just lost all interest and like started focusing <laughs> on something else. Right, it's like, who are we playing? What? What, what are we talking about? What? So, yeah, the big news that did come out last Wednesday was, uh, yeah, scheduled a home-and-home home with UConn, which – I mean, personally, I absolutely love the scheduling. Tim, what do you think about it? I love it. I mean, we're going to replace them, right? So it's a perfect, you know, pick up the game that, I mean, that's, that's what they're saying on the internet, right? On uh, Reddit? Yeah, so UConn was in the American, the conference we want to be in, that we, we feel like we belong in. And so they left. Uh, I mean, potentially, I mean, I don't think we'll be moving conferences that soon, but if we go out there and beat them in those two games, that lets the American know that we're at that level. We're ready to play. I mean, I guess everybody in America was beating up on UConn, so it's not like be that big of an achievement. But. Well, now be careful because we're going to lose. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we have time to worry about that. I mean, it's uh, what it's home in 2023 and away. I didn't put the year down. I didn't put the date. I didn't put the year. 2024? 20, Are they here first? 
out of here. I haven't risked 24. Yeah, so it's yeah, good, good, good. You guys are all proving your jerks. <laughs> you put it out of your brain too. Yeah. This is also well, I was gonna say, Ryan, we won't remember any of this in five yeah. minutes. So yeah, I'm gonna, Ryan, you can go ahead and tune out right now because I'm gonna say something you're not gonna care about. So the game is played up there November second, which is the very beginning of uh, basketball season. So maybe we could do another Ole Miss type thing. UConn's a great basketball program, so. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and have you slide that one into Charlie to get that make that happen as well. Yeah, man. You're <laughs> ruining the announcement for tomorrow, David. <laughs> I know. We're bre- bre- breaking some news. So. We, we do have a fun connection on our staff. Um, Tim Adams is our uh, one of our football athletic trainers. Um, and he's a UConn, a very proud UConn graduate. Excellent. Uh, he was pretty excited for that matchup. And any time anytime that we get to go against – the schools that we graduated from, like when we played Western Kentucky, uh, that's always fun for us to um, – you can't lose, right? Like, obviously, we're all cheering for the paycheck, and so we want the state to win, but um, it's one of those games you get, to, you get to see old friends, you get to see old coworkers sometimes. Uh, so we, we always enjoy those kinds of things. I know Tim's looking forward to it. Were you at the West Kentucky uh, bowl game then that we dominated? Yeah, yeah, I was doing social for that game. Um, so that was God, that was incredible. That was one of my favorite nights, probably. I mean, I was physically present, but I couldn't tell you a whole lot. <laughs> Just like he's physically present at these podcasts, but can't tell you anything that happened anything. afterwards. <laughs> well, I rode the bus there, the 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 charter buses. Oh and yeah, I got man. We did a tailgate in the back of that bus, and uh, I was I was pretty sloppy. Also, they were serving uh, alcohol in the in the uh, stadium, so I kept it going. It's not like you had a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just drunkenly passed out and on the bus on the way home. Woke great. up in Atlanta, right? That's right. That's the way to do I, it right there. My best uh, bus tailgate story was my junior year. Sometime at Western Kentucky, we made our first bowl game while I was there. Uh, Willie Taggart was the head coach. And, uh, Wait, you made your first bowl game uh, back when you were in college? and I, We've been to like three since then. Yeah, so WKU joined FBS in like 2010, I believe, or 2008 or something. I don't think I realized that Western Kentucky was that new to FBS. Yeah, yeah. So they were – when I first got there, they were awful. I mean, Willie Taggart was going into cafeterias, giving away tickets, just trying to get people to come. We know Uh, what that's like. (laughs) It's very similar. And and honestly, I used that – I kind of used that in my job interview – when I applied here, I was like, Hey, like, this is something that, you know, I've experienced, we can help with blah, blah. Uh, but, um, to get the little Caesars pizza bowl and uh, up in Detroit, Michigan, and it just a, not the best bowl game, but you have to go cause it's the first one. Right. So they had all these student buses and it, it like was a complete blizzard in Ohio going up to uh bowling. So we didn't even make it until after kickoff, like all the buses got there super late. Uh, and then we just got creamed by Central Michigan, but it was the the bus ride was a lot of fun. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I mean, I didn't pay a, a lot of attention to uh, football programs outside of like uh, the big players before Georgia State got a program, and then really didn't pay attention to anything but Georgia State after that. So I didn't realize that Western Kentucky was relatively new move up, not not far behind us. I thought they were uh, had been around quite a bit. Yeah, so it was it was actually kind of weird because my. Um, like I said, like my first season at WKU, I think 0 and 12 or 1 and 11 or something like that. You know that well. Yep. And, and then you know first, that. Yeah. first year at Georgia State, similar thing. And then my oh, second, first year, first year at Georgia State, what are you talking about, man? 
For no, my, my first year. Our, my first year. Our first yeah, year. So wait, is it your fault, Will? <laughs> Did you bring that? No, we you? got no, we got good after that's what I was saying. We got we got better every year when I got to Georgia State, except mm-hmm. pickups in between. Yeah. Uh, it was a very similar trajectory for both schools. Yeah, actually, Western Kentucky, when Georgia State moved up and joined the Sun Belt, uh, Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee were two of the schools I was excited about getting on the schedule, which we only got that uh, – we got that one game? In like one year. Yeah. One year. We never yeah. even played Middle Tennessee, though, I don't think, because they left the year earlier. They left the year before Western. I do remember the, the basketball game we had. Uh, Western Kentucky's basketball team was supposed to be really good that year, and we came up there and, like, curb-stomped you guys. I, I was running stats during that game, and it was – it was one of the most embarrassing games I've ever watched. I remember because everyone there knew who Ryan Harrow was, right? Because he had played at UK. So all of us knew who Harrow was. We all knew Georgia State was good, but we were just so used to having a good basketball team there. Um, and then Georgia State came in with with RJ. And um, I remember Harrow pulled off this, like, just absolutely built the – Almost like it was a reverse layup, but he basically went out of bounds under the basket and then like reversed it in. And oh, it was, I think I remember that. Yeah. At that point, everyone just kind of looked around like, leading up to that game, that was that was the big game for us. Like, and this this was going to be a tone setter for the season because it was relatively early in the the conference schedule, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. it, I was nervous about it. I'm like, I really I want this win, and it came back one of those games where when you're scared to keep it close and you come out, you know, as a blowout kind of win, you're like beating your chest, holding your head high. Like, yeah, we're the big man in town now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Holmes never lets me forget about that game. He reminds me of it daily. Uh, that, well, at least I guess Mike Holmes is doing one thing. It's not jerky. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He's, he's not going to let me come back to work after this. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, well, he'd have to listen to this to, to know about it. So. <laughs> he, does, he does listen to you guys. <laughs> All right, good, good. Mike, thanks for listening. Uh, give us a heads up on the info. Uh, back to the UConn. Join our Patreon. Last call is where we talk about all the really important stuff. Yeah, we'll yeah. jump all the news. All, all, all that important off-season content's there and last call. I really uh, just back to UConn. and drunk and F-bombs, but. I had some uh, some more questions in there. So November in Connecticut, in East Hartford, Connecticut, you guys want to go to that game? I mean, is that a game you'd want to go to? I'll, I'll tell you, I'm staying in the press box that game. I'm not going down to the field. You think it'd be too cold? I, I looked at after the temperatures up. It said uh, highs in the 50s, lows in the 30s. That's not oh. I just assume everything north of Virginia is cold after September. Well, it looks uh, like it's cold. Based off of that, obviously, that we're looking at averages here, and who knows what's going to happen. Uh, the next, like, you know, pandemic may be, you know, uh, I don't know, climate change killing us or something. I don't know. But it looks like uh, the temperatures in Connecticut drop big time, like in that second week in November. Like it's 50s, 30s, like the first couple of weeks. And then it's when you just start getting like the highs in the 30s or 20s and stuff like that. So it could still be a decently, I mean, it could be a freezing game, but it shouldn't be too bad. But I've never had a reason to go to Connecticut before. So I'm like, I'm not even either. I'm excited. Um, I can tell you that I've been to Connecticut, and um, uh, I I was working at a place called Stu Leonard's, and um, for lunches they had a 1999 whole lobster, um, French fries, corn on the cob. It was 1999, and I ate it every single day. 
you say that because I, I was going to say that I heard that everything in Connecticut was super expensive. Is how small. Uh, not lobster. Lobster is not expensive. Good. Oh, uh, Will John Weaver in the chat wanted to make sure that you know that that same year that we beat you guys in that blowout win uh, in basketball, that we also beat you guys to win the Sun Belt Championship that year. So I was up against you guys. So yeah, just so. But Mike know to give you crap about that one as well. Hey, I, I'm a I'm a Panther now, so those those were the good old days. But uh, I'm I'm all. What, what was our tagline back when? I think all blue, all in. That was like 2014's slogan. I think. Yeah, I like the all blue, all in. That's. I woke up and put that shirt on today. So. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. Uh, one speaking about being up in Connecticut, I this is doesn't really matter whatsoever at all. But it's something I noticed. We play Rhode Island. I think it's the the week before or the week after. Uh, we play, oh, sorry, we play Rhode Island at home the week before we play UConn in Atlanta. Yeah. Those two schools are 73 miles apart and are both traveling a thousand miles within a week of each other to come down and play us. They should just carpool, right? <laughs> it doesn't really matter, yeah. but I'm like, that's kind of amusing how close those two schools are and they're both coming down here to play us within a week <laughs> I was like, for the most part, outside of those two games, <laughs> for the most part, Charlie and the other people responsible for setting these schedules have, have tried to go for like a more regional approach. And so I think you see that with Vanderbilt, uh, Carolina, uh, East Carolina, those teams. Um, yeah, that's actually something that I put down here. I, I follow the schedule pretty closely. I go to FB, FBS schedule or FB schedules. Uh, multiple times a day. I, I study that kind of stuff. I don't, I, I'm a nerd about that kind of stuff. But I didn't really notice it until, because it's UConn scheduling closed out the uh, 23 and 24 out-of-conference schedule. We've been quietly putting together a pretty awesome out-of-conference scheduling. So uh, we have, I'm not going to worry about this year because who knows what's going to happen this year. But next season, we have no FCS opponents and two P5s in UNC and Auburn. Uh, then our others are uh, Army at home again, which is, I think it's is a great awesome. G five scheduling, and then Charlotte, whatever. We actually so we begin a f- or no, we're in the middle of a four game series with Charlotte, and I remember that series was announced. I'm like, that's awesome, and now I'm like, that's the worst game on our out of conference schedule the next several years. So I think that's a great year, and then 2022 again, no FCS teams two P5 teams in South Carolina and UNC at Army and Charlotte because that thing's still going on. So, I mean, that's a pretty good combination right there. Um, and then 23 is the Rhode Island, the UConn. Do we have uh, LSU and Charlotte again? And then hey, the following You don't year. like that Charlotte series, do you? And then no, apparently not. Work. He has loved it literally every other time we've talked about this. He is like, I, I love that. <laughs> Looking at these other Except games, for the new logo, right? It's literally, yeah, that logo's horrible. But but that's the problem. That's the difference is the logo. Looking at this schedule, literally, that is the worst team on these schedules. And so the following year, we have uh, Tech, Vanderbilt, or Tech at Tech, Vanderbilt at home, at UConn, and then FCS Chattanooga. I mean, like, FCS Chattanooga is like just playing Charlotte again. It's, well, that's, that's where uh, Rusty Wright is the head coach now. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's had something to do with that one. Well, we've got we've got so great. The, the next four years are great scheduling. It's awesome. What are we uh, fully booked through, David? 
25s. We should try to get UT on the schedule because we're playing Memphis and Vandy. Get all the Tennessee. Yeah, why not? I think I think um, you're you're like looking down on on Charlotte is uh, is just a testament to how good the schedule is because it's still a good scheduling. I agree. It's, yeah. it's like UAB, right? It's a similar thing. I, I, Charlotte's, I Charlotte's gonna be a good team with Coach Healy there. I agree with you, Ryan. That I I guess what I was trying to say was when we scheduled that four game series with Charlotte, I was all about it. And yeah. now two out of, two or three out of those four seasons, that's the worst game on our out of conference schedule. It's, but it's still a, like a regional school, a peer university. Like, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good reasons to play them. A winnable game. Winnable sure. game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I'm horrible. saying those, those are going to be some good games. I, Charlotte's a program to keep an eye on. They're they're definitely on the on the upward trajectory. So we start a four game series with UAB, which is my other team that I want to become a huge rival with right. in 2027. So hopefully, uh, if we're still doing this at that point, or if anybody's talking to me at that point, uh, I'll be complaining about how UAB is the worst team on our schedule and we have so much better opponents for the rest of our out-of-conference schedule. <laughs> it's very likely to happen, actually, for you. Or more than likely, yeah. If there's something to complain about, I will find it and fixate on it. You have, you have been <laughs> very outspoken about UAB in particular. Charlotte is just like one step below UAB, I feel like, in like what you've talked about. UAB is something you've been excited about for like some years now. UAB just makes too much sense. Yeah. I mean, it's right. too close. It's too similar to university, Atlanta and Birmingham, good towns to, uh, together. Birmingham's got a great brewery scene now. So I want to go visit there as much as possible. Everywhere has great brewery scenes now. Yeah. But sure. I lose my wedding ring in those cities. I lost my wedding ring in Birmingham going to breweries. That was awesome. Did you see hey, it's my, uh, my wedding koozie. Hey. Uh, was it backwards? Sorry. No, yeah, it, was, it was fine. Um, no, I, I, the UAB makes sense. And then UAB, everyone knows who UAB is. Roddy White came from them. Charlotte is, you know, they've, they moved up to FBS after we did. So they're more of a new program than we are. Or a younger program, whatever. So, uh, what do you guys, you guys, anything else about uh, the UConn scheduling? Nah. Uh, so, one of the things I noticed is that, uh, you know, UConn's independent after they, um, Dropped out of the a dropped AAC for football. I was looking at their schedule. Trying to, being independent has been hard for them. They're they have only a few games scheduled for twenty twenty one. They I don't know. They announced a, a game with Vandy this at Vandy the same day that ours came out got announced. But they're struggling. So independent's not working out well. We it's kind of harder for some of the like lo- like lower tier P five schools. Like Notre Dame gets away with it because everybody wants to play them anyway, and they've they're like loaded with cash. They can get anybody they want on their schedule. And even uh, before the ACC deal, Notre Dame had like those fixed games they played every season, like uh, Southern California, USC, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they already had those fixed like four or five games that were fixed. They only had to fill a, a back schedule and. Any P five will take Notre Dame when they can get them. So, is it, and isn't like UMass independent right now too, and like stru- struggling heartily at that? UMass is independent, and yeah, they're they're not being they're not good. We were, they were supposed to join the Sun Belt. Well, not supposed to. They were talking them join the Sun Belt at one point. Yeah, and then it's like, uh, uh, oh shoot, who was I going to say? BYU is independent, right? Yeah, yeah but they're New Mexico State, former Sun Belt. The New Mexico State, I bet they're struggling, but BYU is like loaded, so they're they're probably fine too. Well, BYU, Notre Dame lights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They just whoever they want, they just pay them. 
it just and then you're, them is being out where they are. You know, it's traveling is not cheap. You gotta get a flight to wherever you're going. Yeah. yeah. And then your other favorite team, Ryan, is also independent, but they have loads of money. Who's that? Oh, come on, man. Let's not even <laughs> not bring it up. I didn't uh, say the name. Yeah, they're also loaded. That's true. And, and they're on our schedule, aren't they? I don't think we have Liberty on our schedule. We had a future schedule with them. With, do no, we? We, do, we do not have Liberty on our schedule right now. But we'll know tomorrow if we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll know. Is that, is that we'll the big news coming tomorrow? Is, where, uh, is it Liberty's joining the Sun Belt? Is that what we're yeah, going to find out? You can pull any strings and, and just always sabotage that plan. That would be great. I would love <laughs> to never uh, play Liberty in anything ever. So. Uh, speaking of, we talked about the, the basketball scheduling uh, with the Ole Miss thing and doing the same thing with UConn. Uh, we should totally try to do that with our out-of-conference that come here to Atlanta. We don't have a lot of out-of-conference games that take place during basketball – out-of-conference football games that take place during basketball season. But if we could get, like, other teams, especially when the Convocation Center is built and you can, like, walk from the football stadium over to the Convocation Center, maybe stop up at halfway crooks for a pint or two beforehand, that would be one hell of a day. Ryan would still be at halfway crooks and not make it to the Convocation Center probably. Yeah, but, you know, they'd have the game on the TV there, so it would be fine. Yeah. Like, well, the convocation center is a half mile walk from uh, from here, and my house is a is like a eighty feet from here. So, <laughs> yeah. Also, if we had a football game earlier that day, I'm like ready for bed. <laughs> yeah. What would make more sense to do the basketball game first and then the football game, or vice versa? But I want to I want to be tailgating. So, right. so you're as someone who has worked a multi multiple event day before, I don't wish it on any staff member ever. Uh, <laughs> Will, I understand where you're coming from, but you work for us, and we want this. I can't wait play I on think, Friday. I think um, what Friday, I'm just going to say here is I don't want that. So, yeah, I'd be good with a Friday game. I want Friday, Saturday. I'll take that. But yeah, I say a Friday, Saturday, like what we have at Ole Miss, that makes sense. But, and, like, let's do the same thing, man. I thought like a huge party, big, big rager after the, the game at the basketball, the Convocation Center at Summerhill afterwards, and then get up early morning and – do the whole thing over the tailgate party over there on the bricks. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if, if that becomes more of a trend or if that, honestly, I don't even know how it came to be um, or if, if it happened by accident or if it was kind of planned that way, but it'll be interesting to see if, if well, that's try to do more often. It's strange because from what I know or from what I've seen that ADs schedule football games, but head coaches schedule basketball games. So to I think, get I think that's correct, yeah. this far in the uh, the future, like if we already had Ole Miss on the schedule to play out there and Coach Lanier's putting me out there his schedule, like, oh, yeah, let's do that. It'd be a, a good old time. That's great. But then we they scheduled that out, what was it, um, six years from now? <laughs> I mean, in, in theory, Coach Lanier's not here in six years because he's so good that he's gone <laughs> on to greener pastures. Uh, I mean, I want I, from what we've seen this year, I'd love to have him around that long. But, I mean, Coach Hunter was here for – Eight years? Something like that, yeah. It's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess we'll get the schedule, David. We got LS at LSU 11-18-2023. So we got a basketball game there on Friday. That is the only Do it. That is the only out of conference uh football game we have scheduled that falls during a basketball season. So I say, yeah, let's do it. We can save money. We'll put the basketball team on the same uh charter as the football team. It's only, like, it's only like six of those guys, so it's not that big of a deal, you know? Put them, right. put them in the storage underneath the bus, or I don't know. Do we, do they, do we, do we fly to, like, New Orleans or Baton Rouge, or do we, we – uh, 
for for football, we fly anything over four hours usually. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. How do I get on one of those flights? Oh yeah, because you hear about some of the big dollar donors that like. Fly yeah, not that way. I don't want to be a big dollar donor. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's big? What is, what is big for Georgia State even like? Like. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what it would take. I'm not, I, I'm think, not 100% I think sure. one of the old uh, PAC uh, donor things, $10,000 don annual donation got you an away game. Uh, oh, like a trip? Team. Yeah. But it was, you didn't get to pick the away game. So basically it's going to be like, oh, no, we have two guys that are sick this week. So uh, there's two spots available. You can take their spots in the plane. We're not paying any extra money for you. <laughs> <laughs> ULM, congrats! Woo! Those, those those trips are pretty cool because you get to avoid airport security if it's a charter, which is always nice. You literally just bus right on up to the plane. You get off. Um, they only it, it's random screening, uh, and so it's usually a competition with the support staff of who's going to get pulled for random screening. Um, I got lucky last year; I didn't get pulled a single time. Uh, but. Um, other than that, it's pretty straightforward. There's Gatorade or um, Powerade, Powerade, usually like a sandwich or something waiting for you when you get to the seat. No, and you already packed your little mini bottles of vodka to go into that Gatorade, so you're set. <laughs> the random screening, you, got, so you never got out. randomly screened, so you always got 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 away with it. Right. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, I can't give away too many of my secrets on here, else Allison will find out what I do. For us. The first <laughs> time I ever flew after 9-11, which was like, a year or two, like I just didn't fly a lot back then. I still don't fly a lot. But the first time I flew after 9-11 was like two years later. And it, was, it was still pretty strict with security. I mean, it's still pretty strict with the security. But they were they were still doing like the random pull aside and screening stuff. And I was flying to Memphis, from Memphis. I was flying to Memphis and had that 45-minute flight. And I got stopped. So I got pulled aside for random screening on the way there. And I got stopped on the way back as well. And I kind of joked to the lady uh, I'm like, wow, you guys got me coming and going. And she kind of leans down real quiet and just, we always stop the cute ones. And I'm like, all right. That's a, that's a great response ever there, you know? Nice. That's awesome. Lying. I could have had like a horn coming out of my head or whatever. I'd believe her. I'm like, oh, yeah. They just, she just thought I was a good guy. I like it. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing I found out last year that I had no idea of is some of the pilots will custom name some of the um, route locations on the flight plan. Uh, and so one of our flights last year, they're all like Georgia State related. Like one, they're all five letter codes. So when I was, like the our, one of our radio engineers is big into like flight tracking and everything. So he was the one pulling it up and um, one was like state. Um, one was like COBBB for Charlie Cobb. And like each location was like a different like. And so I don't know if every pilot does that. I only saw it on that one flight. But I thought it was pretty interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that cool. You get some inside information here. I like it. I like it. Uh, so when when she stopped you and said, "Don't well, stop the cute ones," did she then like put the glove on and <laughs> go to town? We'll say that oh, for last man. call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and which airport was this in? Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> airport. It's like I gotta plan a flight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Memphis airport that has like those uh, electric uh, sidewalk that is. Kind of the same thing they have in, in Hartsfield, but they have them for like 20 feet. It's like it doesn't go very far. I'm like, just walk the 20 feet between like waiting for somebody else just to like stand there on the little moving sidewalk. You could have walked people that driving nuts, day. man. Yeah, like right. walk, Jesus. 
you need to look up uh, Henry Rollins has an entire bit about uh, the moving sidewalk and his experiences in the airport that includes body checking people off of the moving sidewalk. So yeah, he did like multiple airports. It was a weird little series he did. Yeah, it was good stuff though. I like. I, it. I mean, everything Henry Rollins does is good, but I thought it was a weird choice. Yeah, his best part was when he was in Jackass doing the uh, the moving tattoo part. The tattoo, yeah. <laughs> the moguls out and like, or is it called moguls when it's on sand? I don't know. The the, the dunes out yeah. uh, in the desert. They're like a dune buggy thing, yeah. Dune buggy thing, and they're like, tattooing. I think. Um, I think it was Bam Margera. They're tattooing like a head spy face on it. It's the ball-headed like, guy. Ladder in his arm afterwards. <laughs> it's the real crazy guy that has the picture of uh, somebody on his back. Steve-O, and it's a picture of himself. Yeah, Steve-O with Steve-O on his back. doing right. this on his own back. Yeah, it was Steve-O getting the Henry Rollins. I would, I, man, you know what? If Henry Rollins was willing to give me a tattoo on a dune buggy in the desert, I would do it. Well, to be fair, Henry Rollins was, doing, was driving the dune buggy, so. Oh. Yeah. I forgot anyway. that off topic a bit. Because uh, we never do that, ever. No. You guys got anything else about uh, about the UConn schedule? I'm excited about it. I think it's a great schedule. Uh, it could very easily be, you know, passing of the torch, passing of the baton from one American team to the next. Oh, I, I like, like them going. The way Will smiles. We're going to get an announcement <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> confirmed on State of Atlanta live. Atlanta has already backed out, and that is already a win in the win column. <laughs> there you go. Uh, see, there was a Sunbelt announcement this past week. It was like a non-statement statement. They basically came out and said that they're not going to start fall sports until September 3rd, which is the date that we moved the Murray State game. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I couldn't find any other matches that were scheduled before that. I think maybe soccer may yes. have had something. I think some soccer and volleyball teams had like exhibitions or scrimmages. Or... But our, our volleyball is not Sunbelt, right? Aren't we in a different conference for volleyball? Or Sunbelt. Is it Sunbelt? Well, beach, it, volleyball, beach volleyball we're not. It's beach, beach volleyball is CCSA. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, but I do what you're thinking of. But the weird thing is, it was literally like a three or four sentence press release about uh, the fall sports, and they have no, no, nothing said about how it impacts it, how many sports are impacted, how many players are impacted. It was like we're delaying the start of fall sports December third. Like, what is that? What does that affect? Nothing. So some some organizations have goals of how many press releases to put out. Like every week, we're going to put out something, and that's fine. Just put, but but put out something. They put out nothing. It was a non-statement <laughs> statement. Yeah, like that. You know what? We're probably not going to do anything tomorrow. We'll see. Eh. When does fall sports start again? Let's announce we're moving everything back to that date. When when did fall sports? When were they supposed to start? They didn't put that in there at all. Yeah, I, I think what you're seeing is a bunch of CYA from the schools and conferences and organizations, and um, I mean. As 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 much as you can prepare for stuff like this, none of us could have ever been ready for what is happening in the sports landscape right now. Um, so literally everything that people are doing, whether it's at the conference level or the school level, it's it's brand new to to, to anything ever had to do before. Do you um do you have any insider information, or are you allowed to talk about like the plans that are going to go forward at like football games? 
Um, other other than what we put out in that article, that's what's been kind of. I got read articles. Ryan's already forgotten about that podcast. You got to spoon feed Ryan absolutely everything, and then when he's actually there at the event, he's gonna be like, "What's going on today?" So so as of right now, we're doing fifty percent capacity for football games. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to, everyone who bought a ticket already is going to be able to get in. No problem. Got it. <laughs> and it's there's going to be, you're not guaranteed. Basically, yeah. Basically if you want to sit, so everyone's going to be spread out throughout the stadium. Um, and then there's different options available. If you want to sit um, uh, like closer to certain groups, then uh, the ticket office will work with you to make sure that you're in the, at least in the same section. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how many seats we're going to have in between each group. Um, but uh, that's that's the plan as of right now, and that's kind of everything that we're doing is is based around that plan. The, the like mezzanine level, though the club level seats, that's going to be open, though, right? Um, I don't know if that was specified. Okay, I know there was some question about that because it's technically inside. It's in it's inside space. Yeah, I, yeah, I think what so. you're gonna yeah basically what you, what you're gonna see at a football game is increased signage everywhere, just reminding people. Hey, like, be smart, be responsible, be adults about this, um, make good decisions, and then um, a lot more like sanitation stations placed around the, station, uh, around yeah. the stadium, around the conference level. Also, hand out Georgia State branded masks as people come in. That would be great. Yeah, I think I think that might be in the works as well. Cool. Georgia State mask and Georgia Southern toilet paper. It's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other thing that our operations staff has had to kind of get creative with is um, egress and, and um, whatever the other term is. They use fancy terms. Ingress and egress. Ingress and egress. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so um, there's going to be different routes to make sure that people are not crammed into one gate trying to get in and out. Oh, yeah. Well, there's enough gates for sure. So That's one of the luxuries of our stadium is that points and a lot of exit points. Um, but it's, it's going to be unique and um, – is there going to be like a time stamped on my ticket? Like this is when you're supposed to come in? It, possibly. Um, yeah. That might be one of those solutions. It's not going to work for me. As I say, yeah, uh, let Tyler, we need to let Tyler know that Ryan's going to be staying for like about 15 minutes after kickoff. I was about to say, if, if <laughs> one of the best parts about Georgia State is that if people do have issues, like Tyler is the tickets guy. Mike is the sports info guy. Like, you know, you guys have access to all of us. So that's what I want to encourage our fans is like – anything that's going wrong that you feel like uh, needs to be corrected or maybe ideas for something that should be better like all of our email addresses are available on the website I, ideas we've got zillions of ideas come on we've we've used some of y'all's ideas i don't uh, I know. <laughs> so I, I i just i think that the access that you can get at georgia state um you don't get this at bigger schools. Uh, Unprecedented, absolutely, and that's a it, that is a reason to be a fan of the school that you went to with, I mean, with Georgia State. Like, mm-hmm. if you there's a lot of Georgia State fans or Georgia State alum that went to you. Or actually, come on, I'm saying there's a lot of Georgia State alum fans of you know uh, Georgia or Tech or Bama or whoever they grew up there, who their family went to. Who would be a fan of Georgia that, if they went to Georgia State? Great. Yeah, right. Isn't it? <laughs> Especially those that are from Athens. But if you are a fan of college football and you follow another program, but you went to Georgia State, get in with Georgia State because you will be able to have the time of your life doing things you could never do. I, there is no way 
that I could go to uh, a UGA game and walk up to the athletic director and just start a conversation. But sure but enough, Charlie not- Cobb is there and he's open and, you know, there's ways to get, you know, access. Kirby, Kirby's not buying you a beer at the bar after a radio show. That, yeah, no, yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. It, it's the best. Georgia State is like a great place to be as a college football fan, college basketball fan, a college sports fan in general. You, yeah, the access is ridiculous. Those spring tour things where all the coaches would come and just hang out and have a drink and chill with you, that's you're not getting that anywhere else. You guys haven't had Kirby Smart buy you uh, a beer? If Kirby Smart wants to buy me a beer, I'll let him buy, buy me a beer. And then I'm going to ask him why he's not scheduled. He so, anyhow. Uh, what were we talking about, supposedly? We were talking about uh, – oh, yeah. There was – Athlon did their conference power rankings. I'm not sure if there's much to talk about this, but it was something to talk about. And – out of the 10 conferences, Ryan, where does Sunbelt come in? Sunbelt comes in out of how many conferences? How many conferences are there in FBS? 10? 10. Oh uh, yeah, so we came in. Um, well, there's the P5 and the G5. And let's eight, just say they don't, do the, they don't use numbers the same way that Big 12 does. Hey. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good good number. We, they ranked Sunbelt 9. Ah. So above CSA? Ahead of MAC, but behind Conference USA. And I oh. think it's an easy argument to put Sunbelt ahead of Conference USA. Um, yeah, no, I thought I, I, I actually expected it to be the, the opposite when you said that. I thought we'd be ahead of CSA and MAC would be ahead of us. Well, I think that um, where they missed up was obviously Georgia State so much better than Western Kentucky but in Conference USA. <laughs> but they somehow. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> I think Georgia State is the best team in the Sunbelt, so. Oh, you've been drinking that blue Kool-Aid. They, they're putting something in the water there at Georgia State Stadium. <laughs> it must be good. Uh, hey, I'm just saying, you take away injuries last year, and we were, what, 6-1? and one? Look, if you take away App State and Ulala and whoever else play, is ahead of play, us. We didn't play Ulala last year. I know, but you got to take them out to consider us the best. Oh, gotcha. No, no <laughs> all you got to take out is a Dan Ellington injury. And exactly. That's true. We were up twenty-one nothing on App State. Like that Monroe game was not going as planned. It was a back and forth. But I feel like a healthy Dan wins that game. Yeah. And Dan actually confirmed that on uh, Instagram that yeah, if he yeah, wasn't yeah. injured, we would have won the whole thing. So well, Dan <laughs> says that it must be. I don't. I don't know what other evidence you need other than that. We're, we're solid. Well, win it all. Wait, he tweeted it because that's he posted on Instagram. So. He posted on Instagram. On his, oh. uh, his Instagram takeover, the football account. Yeah, uh, Dan seems to be the most genuine and honest and awesome guy I've ever uh, seen before. So if he says that he, we would have definitely won the Sun Belt, I can only believe we would have won the Sun Belt. Dan is one of the one of the best athletes that I've ever worked with, uh, as far as like off the field stuff. We all know how talented he is, um, but I mean, he was always willing to do anything that we asked him to do, as far as media interviews and. Uh, videos and stuff and uh, I mean you guys watched him on the sideline like, his energy is so contagious so for coach Elliott to bring him onto the coaching staff now and let him kind of work with this young group of quarterbacks I think that was one of the best moves um, that, that that coach Elliott could have done honestly yeah I agree I think that having coach Dan Ellington in that locker room with those quarterbacks and those wide receivers to be able to tight ends to have him man, 
offensive line, like the entire team, just to, to have his energy and his, his uh, positivity, his knowledge of the game. Yeah, I am so happy that uh, Dan is uh, still with the program this season. I think it's awesome. We, we found out that he was going to get hired early in the spring, I feel like. And um, for, you know, due to um, – Really, because we found out in the fall. <laughs> well, well, there you go. You guys, you guys had the scoop on you then. Uh, but for whatever reason, we had to wait until we graduated to announce, and that was one of the hardest things to like not talk about, but also be excited about. Okay, then you guys, time. then you went and announced it on a Wednesday after we recorded the episode. Yeah, I think Mike actually came to me and said, "Hey, find out when State of Atlanta's broadcast <laughs> this week, and then we'll announce it the next day." Damn yeah. you, Mike Holmes. <laughs> Sounds like him. Actually, I got a Mike Holmes story. It's oh, not wow. a great story, but it's a story that is randomly Mike Holmes. I was doing a barbecue competition up in Lawrenceville. I don't even remember how many years ago it was. And I'm up there and I'm talking to the team that's next to me. And I'm talking to a buddy of the team that's next to me. And he's talking about football or something. I'm like, well, you know, I'm one of those, you know, rare gems of a Georgia State fan. He's like, oh, yeah, I go to Georgia State games. I'm like, yeah, cool. And we started talking about it. He's like, never pay for a ticket to a Georgia State game. And I'm like, why? He's like, my buddy Mike, he'll get you free tickets to a Georgia State game. And I'm like, well, I've had season tickets since the very beginning. He's like, no, 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 You don't need those. My buddy Mike. And it turns out it's Mike Holmes. <laughs> I've actually, I actually know about the exact person you're talking about. Mike tells me it's the best barbecue in Georgia or something like that. Yeah, mine is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about, about yours. Yeah. Who won this? Who won the competition? But also, this oh, was. I, came in, I, I did so bad. I did so bad. It was a competition. Is it? It's a, uh, David. David. Nobody here knows how. No one knows. Say you want to do this. Be honest with you. It was horrible. It was a Kansas City tournament, which means you've got to cook pork shoulder, uh, chicken ribs, and brisket. And I hate Ian. brisket. I hate brisket. Bar- you hate brisket. Beef is not barbecue. No, I agree with you there, but it's delicious regardless. So I came in second to last in uh, pork shoulder. I came in second to last in chicken. I came in second to last in um, uh, uh, ribs. And I like I was like top 10 in brisket. <laughs> I was going to say, learn to cook a brisket because brisket's delicious. Whether you call it barbecue or not, that shit's good. Can, uh, can, we, can we do a quick redo of the intro so I don't mess it up this time? No. Uh, you just nah. crack them as you go. Crack them as you go. Wow. Wow. The best sound. The best yeah, sound. That was horrible. That was ridiculous. What is I, that? I, also, I, don't, I don't think that your uh, mic is where your camera is. It's not maybe has something to do with it. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> what else we got, man? Who else cares about the Athlon power rank, or conference rankings? I, whatever. It's wrong. That's all you have to know. Oh, yeah. We didn't even get into that. You just asked me, and then we started talking about brisket. I, I wanted to talk about it, to be honest with you, because it kind of it's kind of fitting. I think Sunbelt should be higher. What do you think, Tim? I think it should be at least one slot higher. Eight, maybe seventh. I don't know. Yeah. One thing I thought was kind of weird, and this has nothing to do with us, was Pac-12 came in as the last uh, P5 team. That was kind of surprising. I could, like I kind of think of them as like three ish. If you're just like thinking about it without putting any teams in there, kind of thinking of them as being better. I think I think what's interesting is I don't I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but the Sun Belt has one of the best bowl records in recent years. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's so true. I, I think that's kind of something you can use to say like, hey, like when the Sun Belt has an opportunity, 
to go up against these other G5 conferences, we have a winning record in those games that are, you know, those important end of the year games. Um, so th those rankings are always interesting to me because, um, I mean, if people that don't watch a lot of G5 football, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to just jump right in and all of a sudden rank everybody accurately. Um, so like, um, feel, Bill is a guy that actually does a, a ton of research uh, and usually does really good in-depth analysis for G5 teams. But um, that, that's one thing I always get so frustrated all is when experts, so-called experts for college football, um, you can tell that they don't watch G5 football because when they start talking about it, they just have no clue what they're talking about. Yeah, every, every, oh, uh, yeah. every now and again, you get you get like a really good one where you're like, oh, you've been paying it. Like you actually you can tell you can tell did some research here. And then you, do, you, then you do your own research on the author and you find out they went to a G5 program. Yeah. And they actually spent a little more time on yeah. what, they were, what they were doing there. Yeah, it's oh. it's hard. And I mean, on one hand, I can't blame them. You know, it's it's the the Bamas and Ohio States and Michigans, the Notre Dames, the Georgias of the world that write those paychecks. But the people that are actually passionate about college football – acknowledge and know that there's some quality football being played at the G5 level. And yeah. I think there's just still a lot of perception. The Sun Belt's the lowest or one of the lowest and the conference is still ahead. And it's going to take a lot to change that perception. I don't know what it's going to take, but I mean, it's the easy out too, right? Everyone thinks it. So I just think we're one or two years out. Cause I think we're clearly better if you're paying attention. Well, I think right. also the difference is Sun Belt. When we joined Sun Belt, it was the promote, from FCS conference. It was, right. there's no other option. We, we can't get anybody else. And now when they're talking about, especially in this this year, we're talking about what it looks like with these uh, conference being spread out across large regions. They're looking at Sunbelt and saying, no, this is the conference that could be picking from other conferences and not promoting up to get more members and there was a lot of talk about the we talked about it here the Sun Belt and the conference usa merger type deal which is ridiculous i get it but there is an argument to be made at 10 football members that yeah if we want to go to 12 there's a, a legitimate conversation to be had with some conference usa teams about coming here rather than conference usa just plucking from Sun Belt, which is historically what's been happening so um, it, it all comes down to the budgets for the athletic departments um, and CUSA is kind of in a really tough situation with their current TV contract. And, and that's kind of, I think that's really what's allowed the Sunbelt to being on ESPN plus and being just readily available. Um, it's kind of allowed the Sunbelt to get a little bit more exposure. Um, but uh, when you, when you look at the athletic budgets, it's still going to be, we're still a little ways away from uh, matching some of the fundraising abilities of those schools that are just slightly above right uh, where we are where we want to be and um, that's that's kind of where all the emphasis is but um, CUSA I, I don't know how many years left they have on their current TV deal but when they renegotiate that's kind of I think that's going to be a big turning point the next kind of turning point with the conferences yeah. do you, so do you guys have the data to actually compare like like really like the raw fundraising numbers and not just like the announced budget I, I don't see that. Um, I would have to imagine the ADs probably have that at their respect. Okay. They get together at the conferences. Yeah, because like announced revenue is 
you know, it's a, it's a game of accounting that, you yeah. Know, and it's also, you know, a lot of schools have protected funds that are technically um, like they're like athletic funds. Yeah. Um, so some of their budgets a little bit hidden from others. Yeah. Right on stuff like that. It makes it difficult. But private schools versus public schools and all that stuff too. Exa- exactly. Like no one knows what Duke is actually bringing in. Right. <laughs> David, what's going on, man? Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just trying to figure out. Doesn't uh, Conference USA have some weird TV deal? It's like it's it's not it's not CBS ideal. something and Facebook and they're they're on Stadium sometimes. They're, I don't know what that is. I I literally have no idea what that is. It's, it's I only know what it is because I watched. I think Georgia State basketball is on it for one of the the tournament we played uh, in the Bahamas, right? Yeah. I was like, what is this? I like it because it has our team on. <laughs> and then I never saw us on it ever again. <laughs> the CUSA negotiated that deal right when streaming was kind of exploding. Um, whereas George, uh, the Sun Belt had the luxury of kind of getting behind that explosion. And that's why the ESPN deal was, was really favored by a lot of schools is because you can get ESPN plus on your mobile device. You can watch every single one of our games for one subscription um, across the league. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. It makes it easy to follow. Um, it's I don't mind paying, what is it, like $5 a month for ESPN Plus? Um, I was pretty anti-ESPN Plus just because ESPN3 was not uh, was not an additional cost for me. And so gotcha. when it got moved from ESPN3 to ESPN Plus, I was like, you guys are full of shit. I hate you. So. <laughs> I got no problem with it. I like the ESPN <laughs> thing. It's five bucks. There's all kinds of other stuff. And – also, yeah. There's other Georgia State sports you can watch. I've watched soccer. I've watched other things. I should, I should just do the Disney the Disney uh, combo thing. Yeah. Because yeah. I already do so Disney weird. Plus. I, I was already paying for ESPN Plus and Hulu when yeah. uh, Disney Plus came out. So I paid a couple of dollars more to have Star Wars and Marvel at my disposal whenever I want. I, I don't do Hulu, uh, but I'm getting rid of YouTube TV because it was $50, which was already like on the cusp but they added like 13 channels that I don't want and made it 65. And I'm like, you guys are just cable now. Like, you know, cable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. like I'm getting out, I'm getting out of this. So I I'm dropping them after this month. Well, I think that will do it for the episode. <laughs> Fair. A great cliffhanger ending. What's Ryan going to sign with next week on his uh, TV package? It's the Disney <laughs> bundle. We already, I, it's not a mystery. I already said that. Uh, we are going to head over to Last Call, which this week we're not going to be streaming on Facebook, but we will open it up to any of our viewers that want to be part of it. So as I posted in the chat, send, uh, let us know if you want to be part of it, and I will send you a link. But uh, that's it for this week. You guys got any final uh, words? Nope. <laughs> well, until uh, next Wednesday, right? Exactly. <laughs> Tomorrow. Well, uh, thanks to Ryan and Tim as always. A special thanks to Will for being here, and a special, special thanks to everybody listening and viewing. We will uh, be doing our last call, which will be available on Patreon this Friday for free to everyone. Uh, if you are a member, it will be available immediately to you as soon as I can finish this tonight. Depending on how many of these guys I continue drinking, but. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining, and uh, the Panthers. Bye, y'all. Bye. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at State of Atlanta or on Facebook at facebook.com slash State of Atlanta. 
And if you enjoy what you're listening to, please rate and review us on your podcast app. Thank you very much, and go Panthers.